<laughs> you know? And so Mariah, I, I do, I impersonate Mariah because I mean, I'm like, when she came on the scene, I'm like, oh, she looks like my sister. She looks like she can be my sister, you know? Hmm. So, well, you do, you do also do a awfully mean, uh, Anita Baker, a, a sleepy Anita Baker. Oh, he. <laughs> I love you, Anita Baker. I do. I love you. I love Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson does a wonderful Anita Baker. See, he's another talented brother that I don't see as much as I think I should see of him. And that hasn't reached the level that I think he should have reached. Right. Well, he was on, um, Byron Allen's show recently. Mm -hmm. So hmm. funny. Oh my God. So, so it was great. But yes, I do my Anita Baker and uh <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, he. <laughs> have oh, you ever he been is. have oh, you ever Pardon me? Have you ever been married? Have I ever been married or have married. I ever met Anita Baker? Um, have you ever been married? No, I have never been married. I know you don't because I want I, I, I was trying to be well. I, I've had almost proposals, you know, but I still uh, I behave more like a comedian instead of a wife. Mm -hmm. That was just too hard to combine those two things. You know, yeah, because it's like you know, with, with a one uh, time, you know, it was almost close. I'm like, you know, uh, I'm wife material. I am. I'm wife material. But somebody's like, yeah, but you're material. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> one time, I was auditioning for a. Uh, Something Gladys Knight was doing, and mm -hmm. I did my Anita Baker impression. I, I I so want to meet Gladys Knight again because I was almost um, eyesight completely with her, and she was doing this. Hmm. She was holding, she was holding her laugh cheek down. I was hmm. I was doing all oh, he because she, she didn't want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> she was being respectful to her classmate, but she yeah. was like this. <laughs> it was. Hopefully, I'll see her again. Gladys, yeah. thank you for getting my joke. Another very talented woman. I had the pleasure of spending some time with uh, yes. her and her daughter, Kenya. I think it was oh. her name. And, uh, and is it Bubba? 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 Yeah, the pips. Yeah, yeah. But it was a like a celebrity tennis tournament, and I got to hang out with them there. And then uh, that was that was a, a good time. Um, well, again, you know, with what trailblazers. Mm. total yeah. trailblazers Barry Gordy thing you know that's yes really amen phenomenal accomplishment that whole era there totally uh, they yeah class you know yeah 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 black royalty that's for sure black royalty and no one was twerking on stage yeah, with that's them true. yeah that's true you know a sign of respect in the past was a bow a curtsy mm-hmm but now twerking is a sign of respect. Yeah, huh. I I don't get it. Uh, do you think being a stand-up comic has has changed your perspective on life? Just from working in the different clubs and you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's it's weird because you know, the audience gets me. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never had a problem with the audience, you know, but these gate, it, that's what was frustrating because these gatekeepers that were in a position, you know, to open the gate, some of them have, but the ones that, you know, and the and their reasoning was, was sexist and racist and meanness. Yeah. And, and unfortunately the gatekeepers don't always know what's up either, you know, 
well, no, because what's, you know they want to keep their check. It, 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 they want their you know they want to. It's just again, I didn't look black enough. I didn't look what enough. I didn't look enough. I'm no. funny enough. Yeah, well, that should be the only important thing. Uh, but you know, I guess with some people, it's not. What's the most important lesson that you learned from a fellow comedian? Well, um, M- Mooney, you know, he just he say, he always would say, "Do what you do. Do you mm-hmm. learn that?" Robin Harris gave me that. You know, uh, one time at the Comedy Act Theater in the Hood, there was two shows, and Robin Robin Harris was the host. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not scared to try anything new on stage. I tried something on stage. It was a prop. I it, it it bombed. I got booed. They booed me off the stage. I came back. I did my second show. I did the material that I that worked. And Robin said, "Come here." After afterwards, he said, "You know what? You're gonna be fine." He said because I swear I thought you were gonna run after the first show. I thought you were gonna run in the parking lot and leave. He said, but you came back. That showed courage, and you, you know, you did what you did. He said, "You're gonna be fine." Yeah. He he saw that it didn't scare me. You know, comics have to be some of the bravest people uh, on the planet. I mean, yeah, get up in front of people, and yeah, we um, get up there and we're like, "Okay, hello," you know. Yeah, you really have to and be. The very fact good. that people will sit around and want to listen to us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Huh. it's like it's like from you know, isn't that what the cavemen did, and then. They, they would go do their hieroglyphics on the cave wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, do you think comedians have a duty to, to challenge authority and, and speak truth to power? Yes, yes. Amen. I mean, just think probably in other countries, you know, journalists are getting in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, they would put comedians in jail, if they, you know, because mm-hmm. we're, we're giving people the, the guts to think in another way, you mm-hmm. know. And to have, look at life in another way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's you know that's, that's, because you know I mean I'll never forget <laughs> when I showed a group of friends, family friends, my Deaf Comedy Jam tape. Mm-hmm. Everybody was laughing in the room. My brothers were standing in the back of the room like centurion soldiers, uh, and they just said, "Just don't ever show it to mom or dad." Uh, <laughs> you know. They're so precious. They're they're such good men. You know, they're like, oh, my God. (laughs) They are. How do you maintain your authenticity as a comedian when you have to adapt to different audiences? Well, again, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a Neapolitan ice cream flavor. Mm -hmm. You know, I've 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 my mother, my parents, they they armed us with uh, different and also our experiences in life. You know, we've been armed. Um, and I'm grateful my parents, you know, helped a lot of people them to be not judgmental. Don't mm-hmm. judge a book by its cover or a person by their skin color. You know, it's, it's, it's very important. Mm-hmm. What's the best piece of advice that you were given by your parents? <laughs> well, you know, you do the right, you do the right thing because when you're alone, you never know God is watching. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's always watching you do you do the right thing, you know, and even to this day, if I don't do the right thing, I can feel my mother's eyebrow. Where uh-huh. is it? I can feel the. I call it. I swear I want to be on stage. I want to do this in my in the future. I have to do this. I want to be on stage. And I'm going to start telling some of my dirty jokes. And then I want a big eyebrow. 
yeah. just to fly into. Oh my God, the eyebrows here. She's getting yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm now, still scared of my mother. Where is she? <laughs> That's why I haven't cursed a lot during this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, you said you don't get nervous. I don't. But know. when you're trying out new material, do you get nervous at all? Or no, it's it's fun. It's 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 fun and um. It's fun, and what's what, what I'm what I'm um, really looking forward to now is I am a veteran. I I, I have this in me. I gotta you know it, to be able to try other new things, but also to uh, re, re retwist some of my old jokes, you know. And I'm also gonna reinvent myself. I'm gonna put the flower in my hair, and I'm gonna be the torch singer with Tourette syndrome. <laughs> I'm gonna How put the you... dress on, you know, or I have to be the torch singer. That says inappropriate things because I don't want to offend Tourette syndrome people. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, that's how where we have to get it, you know, but what's wonderful is, you know, uh, when I, after I would perform after Dice Clay and Sam Kennison, after I did my midnight to 2am set, when I, uh, it's funny, when I auditioned for a living color, everybody said, everybody was like, Oh, what Suzanne, but what are you going to do? You can't, because I had the reputation of being too dirty. Well, I'm not an idiot. I know it's a, it's a television show. I have to do a clean set. <laughs> and I did. I, I had a great set. And what kept me from not having a nervous breakdown at the Laugh Factory that night is uh, my parents were there and they saw the network and Keenan laughing with me. Hmm. So that that's what helped me. I had a great show. And then, uh, you know, in show business, they have till like five o'clock that Friday to tell you if you made it or not, you know. And so mm -hmm. I did. And I did a couple of, aud of um, audience warm ups. Mm -hmm. And that was that was great. That's another good gig for a stand up comic. But that's kind of going away. I've heard the audience warm up people like I've heard that that's another job that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Right. Because they can just probably uh you know do, 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 and then put it on put 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 a put a audi old audience warm up on, on the screen yeah i forgot the reason behind it but i know i recently because they had to pay them yeah i guess so yeah <laughs> these, these don barris is one of a uh, uh, classmate from the comedy store he's been the audience warm up on jimmy kimmel for many years yeah huh. he's so talented and there's a such as you know how hard audience warm up is. Yeah, I can imagine. That is a hard gig. Yeah. Huh. How would you describe your comedic style? Uh, my style. How do you describe style? Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll tell. It, it's, it's a like fun. A, like that guy, Richard. Richard. Uh, he. His style is kind of really underplaying everything. Uh, I think his first name's Richard. Uh, I don't see him a lot anymore, but he was pretty big for a while. He's got like a, a fro. He's a white guy, but he's got like a fro. And and his comic comic style is very under key. Like, you know, when there's going there. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm 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 more of a, I'm a tune. I'm a cartoon, but I also I put myself down. You know, in a sense, because I've had a terrible. Uh, I haven't been lucky lucky in love and. I do that, but I I love that I can do impressions and I sing and I do the unexpected, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting question. What's my style? Fierce, no. <laughs> fun, witty, knucklehead. Yeah. And uh, I know you've done some 
voiceover work and even had a, a series. But I would think that that would be another great avenue for you too, given all these voices and characters that you you can do. I did about 30, I did about like 25 different uh, voices. Voices for that. Do you, you remember Liz... Da no, I think she goes by something. I think she goes daily. Daily now. Her the when Rugrats, the school, huh? The Rugrats. I can't remember what she did, but she's made a significant living for herself doing like cartoons and stuff like. Oh that. yeah, if you can get if you can get into that genre, ooh, that's a great one. Yeah, huh? That's a great gig. I think I think she might have gone to. Do you, where, what high school did you go to? Beverly, you know Beverly. You did, when did you graduate, Beverly? Eighty. Okay, you're okay. Um, Elizabeth, she was Day, in she, your she, year. She you gra you graduated seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. She was in your year. Yes, I Elizabeth Daly. She was in Rod Stewart's video. Beyond yeah, she was in Rod Stewart's video. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yes, good for her. Yeah, but she's she was also in the Pee Wee Herman movie. Yes, another funny town. She worked. I mean, she seems like. She got into whatever she needed to get into where she yeah. keeps working, whether it's acting or voiceovers or yeah. whatever. She's her momentum. She kept yeah, I'm sure know, she's created a, a seven figure income for herself. Okay. Know. Yeah. So that that's that's certainly something. What's the, the most rewarding part for you in being a stand up comedian? It's it's a special class of of it's a special class to be a part of, you know, it's a special high school class to be part of. And, you know, I'm, I was like the Shirley MacLaine of the black pack. <laughs> Hello. You uh -huh. know, I mean, it was incredible when I did partners in crime. Uh, it was incredible. I did partners in crime with Robert Townsend, uh, two, three, and four, and just the camaraderie of, 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 of knuckleheads we got to work with. But also I'm proud to say I come from the Robert Townsend school of acting. We learned everything. And I remember one time we, there was a, a Western scene and mm -hmm. David Allen Greer was on the horse. Another funny dude. I, I'm glad there that he's is. working. He seems to have, you know, gotten into where he can keep working now. But another. Yes, he's been on Broadway with the plays. He's outstanding. Yeah. What a knuckle head. Mm -hmm. So Robert put all of these. That's another thing. Robert was was just a, a, a ringmaster of creativity. And he would put all these incredible energy together. So David Allen Greer is on, on the horse. And meanwhile, we were the townspeople. It was my Sean Wayans, Marlon Wayans, uh, some other actors and I. We were ridiculous. We were all like doing this to get to get to get our camera time, you know? <laughs> Stepping on each other's foot. Get off me. Hello, action. Hi, you know. <laughs> now is that a a a uh folklore that that Robert Townsend put uh, Hollywood Shuffle together on a credit card, or is that What's, reality? Isn't that, it wasn't. That, isn't that the best story? <laughs> you know? And then look at Hollywood Shuffle now. Mm -hmm. Everything that so he funny. went through, it's so right on the money. What's happening now? Yeah. Huh. Unfortunately, Roy, Roy Fagan. I mean, it, you know. Huh. Have you ever? And then when Robert starts talking English, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever regretted sharing uh, uh, personal stories or experiences through your comedy? Like said, oh, maybe I shouldn't have really. Oh God, when I'm when I'm starting to look at because I, I have some, I have footage of me because I always used to bring my camera and I started looking at it recently. I was like, oh God, I'm really 
Like, really? Really? <laughs> Tips on how to destroy a, a, a man's life when you're dating him. Oh, when you go in his bathroom, put a toothbrush in his toilet and swish it around the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh, when you go back and get your things, you know? I'm like, oh, Lord, you know? But I was maybe, telling, well, maybe. that's the whole bottom line. If you speak your truth mm-hmm. from your experience, you you can, and you do some funniness in between, you can, you, you got to act. You have to own it. It's it's your story. And have you ever left your panties in the corner of uh, a lover's bed? <laughs> you would have to say that one. <laughs> Actually, uh, maybe, maybe not. But what's funny is women would come up to me and start telling me their tips. Huh? They would start telling, you know what I did? You know <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to write that one down. Okay. Yeah. And then meanwhile, when I do that bit on stage, you can see the men like, don't listen to her. Shut up. <laughs> what do you think is the key to connecting with an audience emotionally through through your comedy? Truth. You know, if you if you speak your truth and and you know, communicate kindly communicating. I mean, it, it's it's interesting because again, we are vulnerable up there. You know, we're we're showing our, our, our life, you know, and, and to be able to look into people's eyes, you know, you see it, you see the connection, you feel it, or you, you'll hear it, you know? And then what else, what, what's wonderful is sometimes even if, if one of my jokes didn't work and only one person gets it, I go, thank you so much over there, you know? (laughs) But again, that's, what's great about uh, stand-up comedy uh, uh, and art. Art is how, is what, you know, Somebody might think it's beautiful. Somebody might think it's ugly, but you have the choice to choose, you know? Hmm. Um, do comedians have groupies, like people waiting for them after the show? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. One time. What's your most memorable encounter with a fan after a show? <laughs> well, I do this one joke, you know, uh, oh God, it was, was it my opening, my deaf comedy jam? Yeah. Why won't you call me? Why, why, why won't you call me? I left your balls after basketball. Why won't you call oh. me? There, anyway, make a story, story. I got off stage at the comedy store and there was a, a person, a, a man that happened to be black and he, he was quite short. And he can't, he's like, yeah, come here, ball bitch. You know, I was like, ah! Be serious? Yes. And I ran away. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. Well, yeah, you know, and it's it's different being a female. Um, it's a different energy. It's especially now because even when I lived in Vegas years ago, I went to some of the clubs, you know, and when I, w- I was alone, I didn't have an entourage. And so I'm smart. So I sit at the bar near the server stations. I sit near the waitresses, you know, and the bartenders because mm-hmm. you just feel it. Somebody... Oh, she's alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You you could just tell that somebody was kind of watching me. And then even walking to my car afterwards, you have to be, it's it's dangerous, you know. Yeah. I turn in, I turn into my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't be too too careful these days. You have to be careful. I mean, hell, just getting putting gas in your car. You gotta look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or, or or Jason, or, or Jason, who's a, from Friday the 13th, who's homeless, will pull out a, a freaking machete. Yeah, yeah. Where are all these homeless people? Where are they getting these machetes from? OJ? Ah! Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
what advice do you have for other young ladies or even not so young ladies if they want to get and and try to make a career carve out a career for themselves as a as a comedian what steps what advice well um write write your life write if you could write down always you know have a pad by your bed or your your have always a notepad to jot your ideas down and always um from your truth you can do tell your story mm -hmm. tell your story and your truth and then the other thing i'm gonna say is uh if a director ever asks you oh you know who 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 would you like to uh you know act with or be with you know make sure you get it in writing before you tell them your answers huh. Who who would you like to act with? Again, who I I totally want to work with. I would love to work with Eddie Murphy so much. I would like to work with Sherry Shepard. I want to act work act with Sherry Shepard. I think she's fantastic, and um, you know, I mean, it's Wanda Sykes. I admire her so yeah, much. Yeah, me too. I I, I really like her. Just too. so damn funny, you know. But also a great a, a good actress too, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm trying to. I'm looking at Sinbad. I love to work with Sinbad again. Robert Townsend. Hopefully, he's going to be doing my documentary. Hopefully, mm -hmm. and so you know, it's it's um, um, Shonda, Shonda, and Debbie Allen, mm -hmm. and just uh, Issa Rae. You know, there, there's there there is a lot that's happening. Yeah, in the business, especially for uh, black youth and black women. I'm very, you know, all basically what I have to do is just kind of show up. I've kept myself and now I'm getting back in to get, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Now I've got to get back in, you know. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Do you believe that comedy has the power to change minds or challenge deep seated beliefs? I think deep seated beliefs can be turned around through a comedic mind. Yes, most definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's pain in comedy mm -hmm. and, truth comes out of comedy too. So if you can do it in a, you know, pain is pain, but if you can do it, tell your story in a nice way and learn something from your pain, that's, that's, you know, it's always better to be positive than negative, you know, mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. And, and how do you maintain your confidence on stage when you are faced with a difficult crowd? <laughs> ah, that's my ego. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it, it, there's something challenging comedic wise. It's it, there's nothing like winning over a crowd that you, that didn't have you. Or when you, this is nothing where, not that I got in trouble, but when I would follow a, a veteran comedian, when I would follow, especially a male that, you know, I almost would get in trouble, you know, for keeping the microphone hot. I kept the microphone hot, mm -hmm. not your weenie. I kept the microphone hot, okay? Mm -hmm. And I would get kind of player in there. They're like, the nerve, mm -hmm. the nerve, you know, because if, if everybody is, oh, and then the next comic comes on, oh, instead of a lull, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting. Some, some comics didn't want to follow me. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you, as well as other comedians that you know, handle situations when someone's stolen your material you're up there watching someone and you know that that's your joke i've, I've stood up and said that's mine 
<laughs> I've done that. I go, that's mine. <laughs> that's when I was in my twenties and thirties, and I, I was like, Where? I was like, that's mine. <laughs> Good that's for you. Oh mine. yeah, and you know, again, interesting at the comedy store. You know, if my skin was was white, mm-hmm. hello, mm-hmm. because a certain comic came, the female comic was at the comedy store, and she was she did impressions. Mm-hmm. She sang. How come she gets more main room spots than me? And I've been here before her. What the hell? And then she had the nerve to do my knee to break her and she sucked at it anyway. (laughs) That was my, yeah, it was hard. It was a good lesson learned though, because I had to learn and not play or hate that female. Mm -hmm. That's, that's her path right now. Don't play or hate her. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, what is it? Don't hate, don't play or hate, hate the game, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I had to learn, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, I was jealous. Yeah, I was hurt. But then I was like, you know what? It's just, it's, it's, it's not my, t- it kept me from really going crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I knew that, you know, uh, I had a little more soul and oomph to when I did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when people would come up to me and tell me, you know, mm-hmm. but you have to be a good steward in life with, with, with what you do, mm-hmm. you know, um, to become conceited or the egomaniac, you know, I mean, I'm never, you have to be humble, you know, and that's, that's why my light is still shining. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest misconception that you think people have about being a stand-up comic? (laughs) That we're rich. (laughs) That, you know, it's, it's so hard. They think if you're in show business, you're rich. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it's 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 a different energy because, I mean, again, I I love the comedy store. It, it really was like the jazz club of com uh, 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 of this building. I mean, we would it was a safe place for us. You know, we would be there every night and, and socialize, and, and and it was therapy for. We hung out there for years. You know, mm-hmm. the same kind of group of. Of, of comics and it gave us a safe place to be, you know, and, and, um, harbor, uh, and, and educate and learn and grow, um, from our, and, and it's like, I don't even know where that, that place is right now. You know, we, uh, we had, um, there was, a the 50th anniversary was a couple of years ago and it was, so, it felt like the old comedy store again, cause it was packed, you know, it, it was wonderful. Hmm. How have you seen things change over the years for the better or the worse? Well, pe- people do this now, you know, they hold up their, their they don't yeah. bring their landlines. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they do this and then it just, it just, I'm like, oh my God, you're, t- you're that's my intellectual property. What are you doing? You know? So it does freak co- comedians out then though, when they see people in the audience doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, it's this, this, lifting it's so easy you know this lifting of you know but then again and that's why i love sinbad sinbad told me one time he said you know if you think something and then you see it on the tv or the news and you thought of it he said that means you're in tune to the universe don't get mad don't get jealous just be know that you're you're thinking on the right path you know mm-hmm. he's such a generous spirit he, he's i learned so much from sinbad about being kind and and always keep creating. And I learned that also from Robert Townsend too. It's definitely nice that you hear these stories about these people who have become successful, but still remain kind 
because yes, generally and speaking, the, the, it's the the cutthroat people that generally get what they want. <laughs> you know, those people that are just aggressive and 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 how do they live with psycho, how do they psychopaths? You know? How do they sleep? You know, well, I guess I when want, you have no conscience, it, you know, it's easy for them to sleep. You know, and and you're you're a cheater. You you're cheating. You 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 know how how does how does that sad? Well, again, you're empty. That person is empty. You know, yeah. yeah. That that's an empty space that they keep trying to fill because they're fake. You know. Yeah. Do you ever deal with any kind of self doubt as a comedian? And if so, how do you handle that? You you cry. You dust yourself off and you get up again. Yeah, hell yeah. I've done all this. Mm-hmm. Why can't I get in? What the what did I do? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. What the hell? And so then I just gotta give it to God. Okay, it's not my time. Mm-hmm. You know, you you, you 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 can't you'll you'll really go crazy if you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and then and then and then you do your laundry, you 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 wash your dirty drawers, you do your laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you clean your house. That's always humbling. It is, you know. Can can or you watch the hoarder channel? The horror channel. The hoarding, hoarding, hoarding channel. You watch the hoarding channel, and you go, "Okay, my my place ain't like this." <laughs> yeah. Or you watch Jerry Springer. Oh, my family ain't like this. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's part of the uh, reason for the popularity of those shows. Um, can comedy ever go too far? And and where does one draw the line? Well, yeah, I mean, you you see these these TikTokers, the influencers who are trying to do something funny at the you know what is humor the expense of someone else? You Especially know, you see some of those prank videos. You know, and it's and it's like, what are you doing? You're you're being. It's not funny. You're just being mean. Yeah, you're just being. What the a- hell are you doing? The people like in the grocery store, like it, it's like no. You're, try do try doing that on stage. At a comedy club, you know, you're doing it for shock value. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's this the? One, I saw this one recently, and and you know, oh, I'm an inf- influencer. You know, you 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 you're just trying to do it for shock value. Yeah. You know, and these oh, I gotta like today. I gotta like. You don't even know these people. Yeah. There's no cleverness to it. Yeah. And 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 it's not funny to scare someone. And then they fall and hurt their elbow. You know, I mean, it's it's that's not funny to me. I don't that's shock value. Yeah. This one kid was doing something in the neighborhood and he thought it was funny. And finally, the the neighborhood, I think it was on the Dr. Phil show. And, and this mm-hmm. he, he still didn't get it. You mm-hmm. can tell he still didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. what's the most important skill a comedian should have? <laughs> you better get the laughs. That's an interesting question. What's the most important skill? <laughs> Claim one dependent. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I swear in my 20s, I think I claimed nine or 12 at one point. And then I finally went to a tax, but they said, don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want all my money. No. Yeah, I mean, the most important skill is 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 to be original. You know, uh, uh, oh, don't stay on past the light, even if you, oh, even if you are a a star. Would you share the stage, please? I don't like that. Don't be out past the light? Pardon me? 
Say that again. Don't be out past the light is what you said. Yeah, at the comedy store or comedy clubs, they turn on the blue light. They'll turn on a light, which means wrap it up in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. And so your advice would be to wrap it up in three minutes. Well, be kind. Share the stage just because you have a movie out. Because that's what happens. Sometimes, you know, a star comedian will come in and just mess up the whole schedule, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of understand it because it's good to them. But it's like, come on, share your bills are paid you're fine this next person coming up needs their stage time you know yeah Yeah. and how do you handle situations where an audience member tries to interact with you or disrupt your set like throwing your timing off well yeah that happens and then you have to have a finesse you know you talk to them you banter back and if they keep talking you either say security remove them or you you read them with deaf comedy jam whammies (laughs) (laughs) most memorable show or performance that you've had that you can recall wow um that's a good wow hmm um oh my god well when i was at caroline's opening i'm on broadway when mooney took me to caroline's it was just it, it was incredible because he knew that i was obviously my mentor said, We're, I'm going to, you know, take my mentee, you know, but I learned so much. It, it was just, it was wonderful. And he, he saw that and he didn't mind. And then we got to stay at the Mayflower hotel. It was great. You know, Mooney will be gone all day. Bring me home cold McDonald's French fries and a cheeseburger. <laughs> but I had already ordered room service. I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but again, just oh, it was so, he took me to uh, Punchline in, in San Francisco, also. You know, and, and oh my goodness, my goodness, I love my Mooney. Oh my goodness, see Suzanne Suter, right? also appearing Suzanne Suter. You know, cool. and he cool he uh, he didn't have to do that, but he did that because it was so key. Because that's when Hollywood was was we don't know what to do with you. And he's like, oh, I know exactly what to do. Just pack your bags. For, we're going to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I think Idris Elba was Elba was was a security guard, uh, uh, the doorman at, at, at Caroline's too, yeah. early in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's the most important thing that you've learned from a comedy setback or failure? You know, something that didn't quite go as anticipated, but you learned a lot from it. Well. Um, the truth is the truth because when I did uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, it, it was incredible. You know, I, I stayed in New York the whole week. Adele Givens, you know, she was my, we were, went to lunch. It was great. And the energy was happening. And, you know, even Russell Simmons, I saw Russell like a year later, he, you know, he was like, you know, you did a great performance on my show. But I didn't want to share with him what I experienced, you know, from one, from uh, a certain person who, you know, blocked me from booking me on the Queens of comedy tour, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that hurt that, that was hard to swallow because I had proven my comedic ability, mm-hmm. you know? And what was the lesson learned? That it was good that I wasn't a hoe. <laughs> and I got so frustrated. I wrote a rap song about what I, had been experiencing in show business and it's called I ain't a hoe. 
How I can say Queen Latifah was at the comedy store one night and I just started rapping it and she was and she saw me. She said, Yeah, I like that. I so want to see her again and ask her if she remembers that. Yeah, she seems like another cool person. I've never oh, met her. Totally, totally. But I have been they hadn't been hiring me and I was like, I know I'm gonna make it and I'll do what it takes, but I'm not gonna suck it just to get a big break. I hope. <laughs> so like we're gonna put her to the back of the line <laughs> we're gonna put her to the back of the line so you know and you know i'm I'm not i'm not uh miss innocent you know yeah i had my experiences with certain people you know and i thought they liked me mm-hmm. i wore my heart i wore my heart on my sleeve i wasn't trying to be with you to get a part mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i wasn't being I, you know we had our i was i was trying i was trying to get a heart yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that does work for those people that seem to be successful and sleeping their way to the top, like how right. they engage. Cause like you said, just because you sleep with them doesn't mean that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, but there are. No, Cause I'm like, do- how do they pull, do they pull a contract out of their, you know, right, what? Exactly. Okay, yeah. you sign it? Yeah. What the hell? But the reality is that that does work for some people. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know how, you know, you know, and let me tell you something. I was, I worked at this wonderful boutique on Sunset Boulevard, Michael Roach and Victor De La Pena, rest their souls. And I was uh, the sales girl. And so at night they would dress me up and they're, and the mannequins that they would have in the, um, the store window. We had everybody from Playmates, Playboy Bunnies, Joan Collins came to shop there, Pebbles, everybody did. Mm-hmm. But they would dress me up in their outfits and take me out to dinner. I was like a walking billboard, Barbie billboard for them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Remember La Dome, the restaurant La Dome? There for my high school graduation with Linda Morris. Linda! Bill and Linda and Iona. <laughs> Iona. Iona, yeah. Yes, I love it. Yeah. So I'm wa- walking in there. I'm not going to mention the names, but I the whole restaurant looked at me because I was wearing, the outfit was wearing me, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. the person very powerful person, waved me over to their table. Oh, this is, you know, I met everybody. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll t- in person, I'll tell you who was at the table. Because I'll remember, I want better health insurance. <laughs> and so I get a call the next day. So excited. I'm like, great. They want to work with me. They said, uh, so-and-so, suitor, uh, suitor, so-and-so wants to speak with you. Oh, okay, great. Hey, Suter, it was nice seeing you last night. Oh, it was so great seeing you. So um, uh, how many 8x10s do you need? Um, what are the sides? You know, I was like, okay, they got a project. You know, Suter, Suter, stop. Suter, do you remember the man I introduced to you? Yeah. Well, he's going to be at, at the Beverly Hills Hotel in the Polo Lounge at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Maybe he can help you with your career. Click. Hmm. You're yeah. trying to pimp me out? You think I'm a hoe? Yeah. You know, yeah. I was so, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my, the outfit, they think that, you know what I mean? It was, yeah, yeah. so guess what I did? I went to the Polo Lounge that next day, then mm-hmm. that night. And guess who I brought with me? My Jessica Rabbit girlfriend who had bigger ass titties than me. Uh-huh. Woo! She knew how to work rich men. Uh-huh. We went there, we ordered steak, lobster, champagne, everything. Uh-huh. And we ordered food to go. 
<laughs> we went back to his suite. I knew I was okay. I was never scared. You know, I knew I was never scared. So the minute she went to the bathroom, <laughs> the man turned to me and he, he put his hands on my waist and, and he, he said, oh, I, I just want to kiss your neck. And I said, I can't do this. I ain't a hoe. So, so let's go. <laughs> but it was my way to say F you. Right. Yeah. 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 To that female Harvey Weinstein that tried to try to pimp me out. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You know, I was I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God. And so I got back to her because I'm sure she would have had a reward in her bank account. Mm -hmm. She would have gotten a finder's fee. So I had a lot of good to go food from the polo lounge. Good for you. I, I, I go ahead. I took my Debbie tea back. I took my pat, you know, mm -hmm. Hmm. I, I, how prevalent is that still today? You know, after this post me too movement, I mean, it's, it's come on now. It's, 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 it's all over the world. So the fact that gone. there is still sex. Because they, they have like these people on like, like, security safe or whatever like like i heard they have I, I, there's a certain name for them but where you know people are on set for like nude scenes or whatever and yeah i mean that's what's happened it's great because now all the little sneak you know that that the, the real slime bags you know mm -hmm. can't get busted anymore but come on it's life any any anything in life where there's there's someone that has that in a, that is in a position of power yeah, and if it's, they're attracted to you and you're not attracted to them, mm -hmm. you know, look at yeah. the, the the human trafficking. Yeah, Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, can it's, you believe what was on the news at some at some military place? There was a 13 year old found. Mm, mm. Yeah, Did you hear about that? Uh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, the news just brushed over it. You know, how the hell does a girl get smuggled on a on a on a military base? Yeah, I, I think because those gatekeepers control the news. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, exactly. So, you know, um, it's what's really interesting. Whistleblower, that's doing the right thing. But yet right. whistleblowers exactly. looked at as like a, 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 as, as a, as a turncoat. I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. weird. You know, yeah, so weird. no, I take a lot of pride that I went to the back to the hotel, the, the polo lounge. And I, I didn't deliver. I yeah. took, you know, and I know, and it's interesting. I've never run into that person. And Is, I thought it was recently. Pardon me? Are they still prominent in Hollywood? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do yeah. you, how do you handle situations uh, when someone in the audience takes your joke too personally? Like you can <laughs> see. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll laugh. And they're like, that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I've, again, you know, I don't get off on being, you know, a mean. You know, yeah, that's know, true. I'm not trying to I probably don't have to deal with this, but you know, I, you know, I know comics are, you know, being attacked on stage now. That is so ridiculous. Are you kidding? Me? That is so ridiculous. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I can't believe nobody's shot a comic. Yeah. They better not. It's terrible. This is the last place where, you know, what, what happened recently? Oh yeah. Someone threw, you know, and how dare you? I don't understand, you know, this one person who attacks, well, now they're going to get thrown out by security or something, you know, mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Or well, it, it's a Dave Chappelle show stomped on. That was so. That Better was, be careful who you're throwing your whatever at. Well, uh, again, didn't that guy? He came on Dave, and then they tackled they this. That was about a year ago, right? Yeah, time flies. Uh, probably about a just year. Just ridiculous. Ago. I mean, we have to have sec- armed secu- security guards on stick. You know, it's yeah, it's. Yeah. yeah, people are losing their minds out there. I yeah, know. you know, just just put it's metal so detectors. Yeah. And at comedy club. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potch. Cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potch. Cause I'm not Julia's son like I was before.